Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Marketing Show. We're talking today about the ultimate 2021 checklist for sales and marketing. And we're going to actually talk specifically about an article, Rick, that you wrote recently for a big imaging group uh, magazine in the United States. It's getting a ton of traction. Lots of people are reading this article. It's the top 10 list. Um, how did this article come to be, first of all? So, uh, Cheryl, I was asked to write an article for, it's a big tech magazine, a popular resource for technology resellers throughout North America, globally, I think. And so as people kind of rethink, reimagine, refocus coming into 2021, given what's happening, I put together a checklist of 10 things I believe are relevant to a technology reseller in really any business selling business to business, must-dos, easy to do, and really more of an assessment for a business owner to say, hey, should we look at that? Are we doing okay there, et cetera? And these are things that we're talking about with our clients too. So these are things that we're actually practicing in real life with our customers. We're going to put a link to the article itself in the description of the video today, but let's go through the 10 things quickly. The first thing is we talk about this a lot, inspecting your team's LinkedIn profiles. Well, you know, I, for failing to sound like a broken record, look, before the pandemic, we created a 90-day LinkedIn bootcamp. When the pandemic hit, we shrunk that to 30 days. In January alone of this year, we had over 500 people graduate, not, not just sign up, but graduate. And the common problem I think people have is, and this is speaking to the old schoolers, is you need to realize that LinkedIn is now your new digital business card. And I ask people, like, when's the last time you handed out a business card versus you think someone looked at your LinkedIn profile? And I would say roughly 80% of the profiles we look at of business to business sales professionals is misaligned, meaning poor picture, banner off. It looks like a, a job resume where it should be a custom resume. And the bottom line is, if we believe, anyway, we believe it's sell to win. We know it's a fact that roughly 50% of buyers before the pandemic were looking at the seller's LinkedIn profile. What is it now? And so it's a simple area of the house, I would call it, to clean up. And that is look at your reps' LinkedIn profiles and ask yourself honestly, like, do they look like we want them to look to our customers? Mm -hmm. And the second point is doubling your LinkedIn activity for 2021 compared to what you did for 2020. And I would say not just LinkedIn, but from a company's perspective, other platforms as well. But we know that people are so much more researched. We understand that people build relationships with their reps before they actually even do business with them. So how, like how often should people post if you're saying double activity? So I start with the, the fact that the average lifespan, and most people don't know this, the average lifespan of a LinkedIn post is 24 hours. And so we suggest a cadence of no less than three to five posts per week for a sales professional in today's world. Now, you mentioned the company and then the reps. So what I see anyway is that most reps, believe it or not, have more followers than their company. And so if we can activate the company, which Cheryl, you do a great job of with the digital marketing. And on the sales side, we can activate the reps as we'll call it micro marketing people. Because I think salespeople today need to be, you know, salesperson and digital marketer. Um, but I think it's undisputed that LinkedIn is the ultimate watering hole where I would say 85% of the senior executives we want to sell to are on there. So it's not to say LinkedIn or Instagram, sorry, Instagram, you know, Snapchat or TikTok where you like to dance. I know Cheryl um, is, uh, is in a place. I'm just saying go to the watering hole where your customers are and make sure you're active there because these are the digital billboards I talk about all the time. So after you're connected with somebody, which we coach reps to do, they start to see your billboards and guess what? All of a sudden you're top of mind at point of need.
Exactly. And point number three is including LinkedIn in your sales activity mix. And we've actually even gotten to the to the point of creating what we call rack and stacks, where we start rating reps on a monthly basis to see what they're doing and how they're incorporating content and how they reach out to their prospects. So, you know, what you're doing is awesome in the rack and stack reports. And for those of you that don't kind of know what that is, it's it's how many posts have you done, okay, in, in a month. And so there's an old school stat that comes from an MBA program that says when you post visually stack ranking, how people are performing, you get no less than 30% engagement in terms of whatever it is you want them to do. So I think those rack and stacks, and if you as a sales leader, business leader, take a look at how many posts did my sales reps do in the last 30, 60, 90 days, I can tell you what the average is having had thousands of people through our boot camp. You're lucky. You're lucky if 5% of your sales force have even posted in the last 30 days. Now I'm generalizing here, but we got to be out there in front of people and, um, you know, if we look at old school activities, when I started in sales was how many door knocks, how many phone calls we didn't even have email then. And now the new mix is uh, phone, email, LinkedIn, and not always in that order. So we need to be proficient, not just at LinkedIn in 2021, but, you know, are the phone skills up to speed, like the talk tracks, are they ready for objections? Are the emails short enough? Like with the overwhelming amount of content we get today, I don't know about you, Cheryl, but I get the odd email. It looks like a wall of words. And I'm like, okay, I'm out of here. I'll look at this thing later. And so uh, keep it short, stupid is one of the things that we talk about all the time with our clients on the sell to win side. And you can create a bit of a game out of it as well. Like make it a competition internally with your team to see who can outdo the other person. Usually sales reps have that competitive gene in them. So it's always fun. Elevating your digital prospecting skills. What are your recommendations uh, when you say that? Okay, so so in the wintertime in Canada, we go from, uh, you know, wearing, you know, we put on coats and hats and scarves. We dress differently than we would in the summer. And I'm simply saying that in this digital world, a lot of the same skills that we had before apply. We just got to change them a little bit in terms of the way we dress them up. And I think from a prospecting standpoint, the one thing that people aren't doing enough is, is recalibrating for what the objective is. For example, in the old school, we used to ask for a meeting, right? And now we're trying to do a virtual meeting. And how long is that meeting? So I think the, the, the better we are at kind of personalizing the message, keeping it short, giving a clear call to action, we want people to do. And people know this watching if you've been around a while. But I would ask you, have your salespeople send you an example of an email they've sent to a net new customer you're trying to go after or leave you a voicemail of what they're saying to people? And I think it might be, if nothing else, quite comical to show in a sales meeting because we're still using, I think, in many cases, old school tactics. And today we got to keep it short, personalize it and get them to some type of live interaction if we can. Yeah, personalization is key for sure. Uh, point number five that you bring up is getting your website addressed. And I know we have meetings with customers on a daily basis of companies that are coming to us and saying, look, we've, we've realized that our website is not where it should be. How do you suggest companies address and, and assess where they're at in terms of their site? So I would say right now, if you're watching, you're a business leader, you know, in your gut, if your website is the representation you want in your business, okay, without anyone telling you. Uh, I will tell you that, um, you know, without a doubt, the, the website now needs to be a 24 by seven sales representative for your company. So not just, you know, information brochure, but how do I actually greet that person coming to the site, make it sticky, okay, in terms of the amount of time they spend on your site. So what do I mean by that? It might be like a widget, might be like videos, et cetera, because we can track all that type of thing. 
But here's the main thing is most people when we ask them, are you generating any kind of conversion or leads from your website? The answer overwhelmingly is no. And when we look at website for generally, you know, technology businesses, we work with a lot. I would say 15% max have any way other than a contact us page for the customer to convert. So maybe there's a way to, um, you know, maybe it's download something. Maybe it's uh, watch this video. It's a webinar. So there's all different ways to kind of engage somebody. But I always say, I don't believe people pay for marketing. They pay for what marketing does for them. And this is the output I think you need to be thinking about from your website. It's got to be so much more than an information hub. Uh, you have to have a sales DNA in there as well. For sure. And also, I think websites used to be a place where people would go to visit to make sure the company they're going to do business with is legit. So it's, do, do they have a website? Because if they have a website, it means they probably have some sort of a budget. Now it's, you need to position yourself in some way as a subject matter expert in the industry that you're serving. And like you said, knowledge for sure, but you also need to create a way for them to convert in some way on your site. Um, and, number six, which is my favorite. Just before you go ahead there, show, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. We literally had a customer this week tell us they lost the deal. And this was a, uh, this was a six figure deal to them, like mid six figures because of their website. So yeah. what happened was their competition said, oh, okay, you're saying that they offer that? Why don't we go to their website and see what they really look like? And so they were caught with a website that's seven years old. And I think we may underestimate at times how much weight is put in what people see on the computer versus what you say over a phone call or a Zoom meeting. It's kind of like curb, curbside appeal in, in the real estate world, I would say. Uh, oh. Yeah, video strategy, which is growing and growing, you know, it's been growing for years and years. And it's one of my favorite things to talk about. And I think it's one of the easiest things that you can do to make a very quick impact in the content that you're creating. Mm -hmm. So Cheryl, you've done great things for customers. You should probably, you're better talking at this even to me. But what I always say is, look, if a picture says a thousand words, okay, what does a video say? And, you know, if you look at the science and the way people think, you know, they say that an image, never mind a video, is able to be comprehended 60,000 times quicker than text. And so I don't believe people are reading like they used to, they're skimming at best. And so what we've done, thanks to your help, Cheryl, is we've helped customers create videos across, we'll call it the buyer cycle or whatever you want to call it, the sales cycle. But things like employee interviews. So, so I'll start there with recruiting because a lot of times, you know, if you're looking to hire somebody, they want to hear from somebody not just the recruiter, the business owner, what's the job like, et cetera, or maybe employee interviews about, you know, questions that customers might have, but showcase your people. If you look at your website, back to the previous topic, are your people on there or are all these stock photos that have nothing to do with where you're located, your people, et cetera? How about facility tours? So basically do, we've talked about this before, just follow a camera, right, around your smartphone through your facility, put a bed of music in, bang, you wouldn't believe it because customers now are not able to go to your facility. Answering common questions, like in my new uh, digital sales bootcamp, we have a whole section on sales videos. And all I suggest is say, hey, look, at what is the question that your customer might be asking at different points of their buy cycle? And then answer those on video. We talk about how to answer that with a structure and keeping it short, by the way. That's the one thing I find with video, Cheryl, is that people think the longer they go on, there's more value. And I can assure you, I say it all the time, you and the person that you, know, you paid to make that video or probably the only people looking at it, I would say over 60 seconds. Average drop-off point business video is 35 seconds. Not a rock band, not your kid watching someone unpack something, but think about what your drop-off point is. And, um, you know, things like uh, product demos, micro demos, here's how this works, like versus a brochure versus watching a quick video. I know myself, 
I've had endless arguments candidly over assembling IKEA furniture, for example, in the past, where I wish I just had a video to explain how the heck this thing goes together. And uh, community involvement's another one. But I would say, you know, and this is a little bit of a, a bump for you, Cheryl, but if someone doesn't have someone like you at the beginning to say, okay, let's think about what, how you, what videos you want to do and how you want to do it. I just think the coaching at the front end can make such a huge difference in terms of the attack the company makes and better yet the output they show their customer with video. For sure. And now just on video, before we move into our next point, keep in mind that, as you said, text is meant to be read and video is meant for somebody to feel something at the end of it. So they need to walk away feeling some sort of an emotion because of what you've created. So keep that in mind. Um, yeah. The next point, which is uh, point number seven, and that is providing virtual backgrounds. We don't mean for yourself, but I'll let you elaborate on this because we've seen kind of an uptake in, in this trend as well. Yeah, so so uh, Cheryl, you've obviously got a very uh, professional digital background you're sharing there right now. Is that a is that a real one or is that? Uh... This is a real one. I just moved my home office from my kitchen to more of a permanent spot. <laughs> Still in my kitchen, but different this, location. <laughs> okay, it looks great. Anyway, just so you don't know, don't know, Cheryl gives me heck all the time. Too many trophies, right? Anyway, remember <laughs> the companies sell to win. Anyway, I get back to backgrounds. Look, you've seen it, okay. Cheryl, you've seen it and I've seen it. Disasters in terms of backgrounds, never mind attire. We're going through a certification program right now with a large company client of ours, certifying their salespeople. And the number one thing I, I, I bring up is the reps attire and the background. And it's because I believe people buy with their eyes before they buy with their pocketbooks. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what you or I say, if we got a disaster happening behind us or we look, you know, and one of the things I talk about in my digital sales bootcamp is, Look, sometimes the more we work from home, the more homeless we start to look. And uh, we got to remember, like we are professional salespeople. And I just think the backdrop, um, you know, for one client, we created these uh, back, back, uh, background images that they use. And it's just night and day when they show up on a Zoom call, they look professional. It's just such an easy thing to do, but people don't think about it. It's also good for branding within your company. It's good for consistency. So everyone sort of looks and feels the same. So, so that's also a point. Um, point number eight, which is prospect only at the C level. What do you mean by that? So everybody knows call high, call high. We've been told that, okay, many times. My question is, are you doing it? Okay, because we all know, hey, we should go on a diet and do this, but are we doing it? Calling high is no different. And just yesterday, I recorded a video for a large company and the topic was on saving time, not calling high. And one of my suggestions was, if you think about it, when the pandemic hit, like we were all caught in this kind of confusion state and then we had knee-jerk reactions. And now that it's starting to plane out, one of the challenges people have is time management. And one of my suggestions for this client was, why don't you get your reps to start calling high every time? Not most times, every time. I'm talking a new business here. And why? Because I believe mid-level managers right now are afraid to make decisions. They're afraid to recommend decisions up because, you know, depending on where the business is, of course, but in general, you've also got a tougher time booking an initial appointment with that mid-level manager. So what we do is we coach reps often to just call high, okay, the, the business owner, uh, maybe there's a C-level depending on the size of the organization, but I can assure you that the, the top people right now are more open than ever to listen. They're more accessible than they have with, you know, and through LinkedIn, we talk about no screens, right? Blocking you, et cetera. But I just think it's, it's a way to get quicker to a yes or no, 
Okay, as a salesperson, we got to place value on our time. And also, even if you want to meet with Jimmy, who's the mid-level manager, don't you think going to Susan, the owner, and saying, hey, my name's Rick. We're having a lot of conversations with people in your position, in your industry about this, your business outcome or pain point. And I was just wondering if that would be you or someone else in your organization I should engage. And at that point, you can go with the owner or whatever. But if you get ricocheted down to Jimmy and uh, the top person's referred you, guess what? All of a sudden, you're going to call back quicker, better use of time, et cetera. So there's all kinds of benefits. I just don't think, Cheryl, candidly, people are calling high. They're yeah. just, they, they know they should do it. But like most things, they just don't do it. And uh, I just think it's a drastic uh, mistake people are making right now. And I think the reality is that a lot of businesses have more problems now than they have, and they have different problems. So getting in front of those higher level executives can speak to that a little bit more than the mid-level. Um, number nine, which is around paid advertising, probably one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, and you have it a little further down on my list than I would like, but that's okay. Paid advertising should be something I think every single business, no matter how big, how small, no matter what your your actual business objective is when it comes to marketing, I think it should be part of your mix. So, you know, Cheryl, we talked about this morning, every day we have our team huddles in the morning and uh, the number one lead gen driver is coming off of paid right now for our clients and, and really paid for if you're a layman. It's just like a VIP pass on Google or social media to get you to the front of the line. So the person you want to hunt starts to see you and then can click to come over to your environment. And, you know, Cheryl, I know we had a recent success story where through paid advertising, we would have never got the business for this client for a hundred thousand dollar deal. My point is, I think as we in 2021 with the digital presence, we have to have as sales and or marketing paid advertising just, I think should be something you consider. And by the way, you know, a lot of people think, okay, great, but how much is that going to cost? And, um, you know, I don't want to put you on the spot here, Cheryl, but I would say, you know, a minimum spend would be in around the 500. I mean, we've got clients spending thousands, but just want to give people a number so that you know where you could step in at kind of thing. I think with paid advertising, you need to start slow. Um, it is a bit of a, a long-term game. I understand. Yes. It, you know, you use the analogy of it gets you ahead of the line at, you know, on, for, at a roller coaster at a park as an example. And yes, it does in some regard, but there's a lot of aspects to it that you'll see traction over time the longer you do it. So I think 500 is a good starting point. I think that once you start to see results, that's when you start to get excited and that's when you want to start to invest more because you see the return on investment. So that's the biggest thing with paid. Um, the last thing when it, when it comes to lead gen, which kind of ties in with paid, but that is virtual events. And obviously, you know, that's taken off more so given the economy and the situation that we're in with the pandemic. So just back to paid, if I may, what percentage of our clients that we manage their marketing, digital marketing activities who have tried paid, Cheryl, either continued or did more? What percentage would you say? 100%. Okay. So we have, we have not, you know, dabbled in paid with a client and not have them A, see results and B, increase their spend because they've seen results. Okay, I'm just pushing Cheryl on that because look, Rick, old school, we'll call it here thinking, do we really need it? Okay, you heard the answer. <laughs> uh, back to, uh, okay, virtual events, okay? Everybody says, oh, we're webinared out, we're this. Okay, well, what you think may not be reality. And with all due respect, I can tell you that, you know, it's March, 2021 as we record this. Virtual events, number one lead gen driver by far over anything else we're doing with our clients. And here's why, 
Number one, okay, you've got someone coming to a webinar that for some reason they're interested, okay? Imagine if you were a car dealership and you knew who was kicking tires on a Sunday at the dealership. Would you like to know that? Because that person's actually in the window some way of what you've got. In these webinars that we're doing with our clients, the nice thing is we're taking, like we manage, as Cheryl, you know, we'll manage the promotion, advertising, registration, all that stuff for the client. But what I think a lot of people don't do is A, enough webinars, old school lunch and learns. But where they miss, I think, is, is they offer the replay, but they should capture that video. Now, what our video team does is they brand it and then we reproduce it into a theater on the client's website. So you've got that as an evergreen, right, education forum. And I just think people trick themselves into thinking they're sick of webinars, but I don't think, at least from what we're seeing, customers are sick of them and um just huge huge opportunity and again number one lead gen driver and and to your point when you repurpose that video and you host it on a on a page you can use that as a lead gen download too so it can be used in many ways down the road it's, it's not just in that moment at that time and i will say that it's not so much on quantity when it comes to getting people to register for these things it's really based on quality which means that you want to have qualified leads that are there listening because they're interested in your message and even if you end up closing one or two deals out of that it certainly is worth it uh, in the long term and, and the last trend on that we're seeing by the way because this is what we try to do on this marketing show is tell you what we're seeing is working like real life we're in the field doing these things is a lot of webinars ask for 60 minutes and what we're seeing is an appetite for the 30 minute webinar. Now, you know, you may say, Rick, that's basic, but think of the webinars you've registered for. How many of them are 30 minutes? So I get, I get back to that, keep it short or stupid, especially in 2021. And so, you know, this article that was written for a tech magazine, I think applies to any business. And really when you get right down to it, Cheryl, all I was trying to suggest to business leaders, sales leaders, marketing leaders was look, it's 2021. We're past the reactive measures, I would say, of 2020. Like, how do we do this? And now we're seeing really good signals of what's working. And all I was trying to do in this article with the 10 things was say, okay, maybe it's time to rethink, okay, refocus on what's working and then reimagine what's possible uh, in a digital world. If you look at those 10 things, and I think you said you're going to post the article and just ask yourself, like, how are we doing here? I think that would be the purpose of uh, today's program. We are gonna put the link in the description of the video today. We've put the top 10 list up on the screen as we've talked about it as well. And just in closing, the great thing is that it's constantly evolving. That's what I love so much about marketing and sales is that the way you do things today, we're gonna to be talking about something else in two months. So that's what I love most about it, but it's at least getting people to think about the fact that you, know, you have to change your strategy and you have to adapt to the landscape that's out there. Exactly. And then, uh, you know, maybe if they do all those 10 things, they can have trophies like this. I'm just, <laughs> those, aren't exactly. all, those aren't all business, by the way. They aren't all business, <laughs> right? I just mixed in, right? Sales and marketing. Anyway, thank you, Cheryl. Thank you, Rick. And thank you everyone for joining us today. We'll say, see you next week on this marketing show.